0: Welcome to this episode. Of Let's chat. I'm your host Chris Revel, coming from the Cat Cave in Providence, Rhode Island. What a what, good fucking show today. Uh, I really mean this. We got uh, Jay, Justin, rather from the Fat Jay podcast. On a while back, I was on an episode of his show called the Let's Talk Some Sh- or Let's Talk Shit 2015 with a bunch of other podcasters, and I got to know Jay uh, Justin rather. And a uh, really nice guy, really funny, I listened to the show, I was like, yeah, you gotta come on by, and, you know, it's fun I, I definitely had a different expectation of what was gonna happen in this conversation Especially listen to his show, it's very, uh, just way different than this yeah, In a good way, in a good way Um, I gotta say, this is like, and I said this to him in the episode Dude reminds me a lot of Kevin Smith, really fucking dirty mind and horrible language, which I don't mind but a really good heart and a really sweet guy and he's had uh interesting experiences we taught we kind of touched upon a lot of trauma and his upbringing and it's definitely the deepest this show has ever gone so big thanks for uh justin for coming on and just being so open he's like i'm a wide open i'm a i'm an open book i was like yeah okay cool i usually don't talk about people about like being molested as a child or their parents divorced or get or their' divorce I 'm not sure about his parents just I, I don't know. it just kind of happened. I remember before we recorded, I was super tired didn't feel like recording when um, just kind of expected to come on, and just goof around with him for an hour plus, and then we ended up talking about some real heavy stuff uh, big, big thank you it, I'm, I'm really proud of this episode. I really I, I didn't think uh, I never thought this would ever happen, so it's cool. Uh, the Fat J podcast is on Facebook. Facebook.com slash fat J Podcast, they're on Twitter, uh at Fat J Podcast, and then uh you can find them on iTunes, Stitcher, Podomatic, anywhere anywhere you find podcasts, you can find the Fat J Podcast. Go check out their show. Uh they do live shows, which I think is really cool. I would love to do more of those more. i love to do one of those one day. Uh this is uh, just so much fun. I I really can't get over how how happy. I was this episode. Anyway, click plug for the show. Make sure uh, you check us out on the misfitsnetworkcom Find us um, anywhere you find podcasts. You Feel free to leave us a review on iTunes. That's really helpful. We're on Twitter, Facebook. And uh, huh? if you know anyone you want to have on the show or you want to come to the show, let me know. Uh, let's get to it. In the future, humans create AI. Three days later, they have sex with it. Gigahose is a robot sex comedy with what's been called a South Park level of shock value. Creators Adam Lash and Kevin Gilligan take their
1: concept in smart, surprising directions. It's been described as pure genius with a real clerk's-like charm. Catch season one now at youtube.com gigahose.
0: So this is going to be hard for you, because you're used to being in host mode, but now you have to be in guest mode.
1: Yeah, this is my first time being in guest mode. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, I don't know when I'm going to be cued to speak and stuff. Yeah, and normally, uh, like, on on our show, we have shit, like, uh,
0: you, 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 well, kind of
1: laid out that we're going to talk about. You,
0: you guys have your show down to, like, a science
1: yeah, this is going to be weird. This might be a train wreck.
0: Wow, well, that would be ideal. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, no, it's already going, too. Like, my recorder's on, and the way I, what I do is I just kind of, oh, I like, to, I don't know why, well, I've, I've kind of figured out that I, I've only, the show I make is literally just pieces of shows that I've loved, so, I, so that's, I, you know, I, I don't claim this is to be an original idea, and a lot of the shows I love always kind of start it as the conversation has already begun, so I've been... So, you'll be surprised, like, where does he cut it? So, this might all be in there. Woo! (laughs) But thanks, man. Thank you for coming on. Um, So, let's just. uh, What was I going to say? So, I met you kind of. Well, you know, we never physically met, but we met on Twitter, and it was because of a mutual guest we had. And if they hear this episode, I think they'll be very happy Uh, Cameron Reedy. Yes, yes. Now, do you know him in real life, or is that another. I just. Because you're both from New Hampshire. And I think I did that st- stupid thing online, like, oh, they live in the same state. Obviously, they know each other.
1: Um, no, as a matter of fact, we – he and I met probably the exact same way that you and you and him met, which is uh, through him putting himself out on Twitter and just being like, hey, do you want me to come on your show? And I was kind of just like, why Why would I? <laughs> <laughs> I? I don't know who you are at all. Uh, like, do you have some stuff to send, like, that I can check out? And um, I listened to his stuff. I thought he was funny. Uh, at this point, he he and I have met in person because he opened for us when we did our live show.
0: Yeah. Uh. That, so he told me that he – I don't know. we He had been a guest on my show, and then we were talking on Twitter again later on, and he mentioned that he did a, opened up. I think he was trying to encourage me to do a live show, which I've always wanted to do. And he's like, yeah, I opened up for the Let's t- – for Fat Chase podcast, and I was like, wait. You know someone who has a podcast did a live show, so I immediately followed you, which then led to me being a guest on your show, and now you are here. So, I, I personally, I fucking used to hate Twitter so much, and then I made one for the podcast, and I am like, Twitter is the most fun thing in the world. Why is everyone not on it?
1: Yeah, no, I am the same way. Um, it's a necessary evil because we started our show, and I immediately grabbed the Twitter handle, but I didn't use the Twitter. And then I used it like once in a blue moon, I'd throw things on and whatever. And then um, Ray from the Naked Porch podcast uh, followed the show and kind of asked me, he's like, hey, I noticed you have basically no followers and you never use your Twitter. Why is that? And then I was just like, because Twitter fucking sucks, man. <laughs> I don't like the 140 character bullshit. And he's like, yeah, it's a pain in the ass, but once you get used to it, it it's good, and uh, he he told me right off the bat, he's like, you're going to get a lot more listeners from Twitter and a lot more networking done via Twitter than you will on Facebook or anything else. And So I was like, all right, I'll give it a shot, and um, I gave it like two solid weeks where I just hated life, but I did it anyways, and then by the end of that, I was just like, all right, I, I like Twitter now. It's, it's pretty fun, and you end up having – Rapid fire conversations because it's I don't know what it is about Twitter. Like I can post something on Facebook, people can comment on it and shit, and I'll just ignore it and then check it later. But for some reason, when I hear the tweet go off and I'm like, oh shit, someone tweeted me, I like have to look and see what's being said and what's going on because so many people jump into different convos. I was part of a conversation earlier today with uh, Hot Butter Podcast, Cameron Reedy, and Lost at Home. And I didn't even know I was a part of the conversation.
0: Don't you love when you like? Um, that <laughs> happened to me one time. Like, I ended up getting them on the show. Is uh, Ivory Kirk and Luna Teague? But like, before they came on the show, I don't know what happened. But I think I might have. I saw they wrote like uh erotica book or something, and then we like. I said something. Asked them on some very like, "Hey, I'd love to have you on some show." Some stupid bullshit like, blame tweet. I go to bed and I wake up the next morning and I had twenty seven replies from those two, of just saying the most inappropriate, funniest shit I've ever read in my entire life.
1: Oh yeah, <laughs> but I woke yeah.
0: up and you're like, and you're like, what happened last night? And because they're you know different time zones, so like they're doing this and it's probably like ten o'clock for them. And I'm like bedtime, but the world still exists when you go to bed, which is well, well we just <laughs> got pretty deep.
1: Yeah, I've never had to consider other people's time. Uh, Time zones and shit before Because before I started doing this Like I lived in my own little world The people I knew were the people I knew Pretty much and I didn't really talk To any new people online So like even on Facebook and whatnot, All of my Facebook friends Are actual people like that I went to school with I
0: think that's a very common experience
1: Yeah so for Twitter though Where it's just random people It (laughs) It kind of uh opened me up to this whole new world where I'm like, holy shit, someone actually wants to talk to me at, like, 4 in the fucking morning, and then I find out that, for them, it's, like, the middle of the day.
0: hmm
1: We have a couple Japanese fans who I've spoken to on multiple occasions, but they hit me up at, like, 6.30 in the morning my time.
0: Yeah. Because. like, 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock
1: there. It's, um, no, I think it's, like, 7.30 at night. Their time, That's yeah, so something weird. like that. Yeah, yeah
0: I, so I had a guest from Finland, on, and I just could not figure out how to figure that out. And uh, they and, and he, they have this amazing podcast called "We Are Not Here to Please You," and they have a lot of great comedians on, but they're mm-hmm. all like almost all of them are United States based, like New York and uh, L.A. So I remember talking to Raphael. He's like, "You try living in Finland and book with a comedian in Los Angeles, because comedians are notorious not wanting to be up early." Yeah. <laughs> So I was like, you know what? You do twice the amount of work I do. I because scheduling is a fucking nightmare.
1: Yep.
0: But like so, you uh, you put together what was the episode I was on called? It was uh, let's talk some shit. 15. Talk
1: shit twenty fifteen. Yeah, shit,
0: yeah. Uh, <laughs> but so that was myself and then a bunch of amazing podcasters. I felt like that episode before we recorded, we were all in there for like a half hour talking. I think I went to like podcast school. Like lost at home and uh, hot butter. It was lost at home. Hot butter. Fear in.
1: Uh, yeah, fear, fear what in you it.
0: talking? What you doing? Podcast? What you doing? Yeah. And like just talking to a couple of those dudes beforehand, about like sponsorship and where to put. I was like, take. I I was actually I don't know. If no one could see me. I was like taking notes. I learned so much from all you guys. It was amazing.
1: <laughs> That's fucking incredible because I have nothing to teach.
0: <laughs> yeah, who was it? Lost at no- home was like. It was just Lost at Home and Hop and someone else. I was like, oh, this is how you get sponsorship from Audible and Amazon. I was like, what? We could do that? They're like, yeah. And I have I got this guest because I did this, this, and that. And then you were in the same thing, and everyone was just like, yeah, I asked X amount of people, and then they said yes, and then so-and-so, and then we're having this person. And Dan Harmon came on, and I was like,
1: what? <laughs> yeah, Lost at Home has their shit together.
0: Yeah, they seem way more organized than me.
1: Those guys, they got, like, a full-blown thing. They do, like, an actual studio recording and shit like that. Like, those guys are, like, top-shelf podcasting.
0: Are you like me? I'm in my bedroom on a laptop, and that's, yeah.
1: (laughs) I'm sitting in my living room right now with Turtle Beach headphones on. Your sound, so that I'm hearing you, is coming through my 55-inch Samsung television. <laughs> and I'm just drinking a bottle of wine straight from the bottle because I got nothing else going on. Live the fucking dream, my man. <laughs> like, so if you keep hearing a random pop, it's just me pulling the cork out and putting yeah, it back.
0: Yeah, yeah. So what, you're from uh, You're from New Hampshire? Mm-hmm. Where in New Hampshire?
1: I'm from Somersworth, New Hampshire. Where is that? Uh, the easiest thing to tell people who aren't from New Hampshire is either I'm on the seacoast, okay, or Portsmouth. A lot yeah. of people know Portsmouth.
0: Yeah, you're so you're by the 13 miles of coastline of your state. Yeah, I, that's an odd fact that I remembered.
1: Yeah, um, it goes Portsmouth, like a couple other little tiny towns, whatever, and then Dover, and then Somersworth. Do you like it up there? So, um. <laughs> I mean, it has its ups and downs for sure. Uh, I've lived here. I've lived here pretty much my entire life. Yeah.
0: Um,
1: I've lived in other parts of the state, but I always used to spend weekends in Summersworth because this is where my friends were and shit. Yeah. And then for high school, we moved back okay. into town, and I've been here s- since. Um, so, <clears throat> I, I like it. There's things I don't like, uh, for sure. Take that, uh, New
0: Hampshire. we're uncovering some deep shit right now
1: yeah yeah yeah. it's pretty much anybody from anywhere oh
0: yeah
1: will tell you like yeah i like it but there's shit i hate about it uh for me my my biggest thing that i hate is uh summers where it's gotten hugely known for heroin and shit in the past couple years
0: yeah do you ever watch um the layover, but there's an Anthony Bourdain episode about that, and they go to Greenfield, Mass, mm-hmm. and it's kind of about the heroin ep- ep- epidemic, and it kind of breaks into the history of how it happened, and how yeah. it, and this has happened before in our country, but now this is it's happening to like basically white people, and like but in like cu- small towns and countries, to very like rural communities, and it's yeah. like, it's just different than we've ever seen.
1: Yeah, we're technically a city, but you wouldn't know it. Like we're we're small.
0: For, yeah, like, yeah. to
1: be considered a city. But, yeah, we have, um, there's a lot of heroin problems and crime and stuff that wasn't, I mean, it was always here, but it was never here to that capacity. No, so that seems would be
0: a nationwide thing.
1: Yeah, it kind of sucks, like, seeing your hometown just kind of slowly go to shit in front of your face. But, yeah,
0: I can't um, relate to that, because home, my hometown was a big pile of shit when I grew up. <laughs> 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 no, well, that was kind of mean. The downtown was, but where I grew up, always had that, that that was the mentality behind
1: it. <laughs> yeah, there's definitely some towns in New Hampshire that I'm familiar with where if that was my hometown, I would be right there being like, this place fucking sucks. Yeah. <laughs> Can't yeah. wait to get out of here. I like that. Uh,
0: li- yeah. Well, that's, uh, that's cool, man. Um, the I've one been...
1: the one thing I do like about Summersworth is um, it's right next to Dover. But it's a hell of a lot cheaper to live here. Oh, I wanted smart. to move to Dover, but I bought a place in Summersworth instead, because uh, it was yeah a lot cheaper, lot lot cheaper. I got a bigger place for like thousands and thousands of dollars cheaper.
0: That's awesome. Hey, yeah, you're like younger than me, right? You're like 25.
1: I'm 25, yeah. So
0: and you have a house.
1: Yeah, so I am. you're a...
0: like one of those adult 25 year olds.
1: Hardly. <laughs> I am a 25-year-old who had my head in my ass, and then I met a woman who was goodly enough to pull it out for me,
0: uh. teach
1: me how to be a man. Uh, and then once her teaching was done, we got divorced is basically how the story goes. Okay. So, so I, have a, I have a good job. I, ha- I mean I would always love to make more money. But for a twenty-five-year-old, I have a good job. So I have a good job. I own my own house, and I'm a single father of two children. So, how old? If you
0: don't mind me asking, then we can take any of this out. How old were you? Got married?
1: I was. Oh shit! When I got married, um, twenty-two, maybe. Wow. Twenty-two, either twenty-two going on twenty-three or twenty-one going on twenty-two, because I got married the on july 3rd and my birthday is july 23rd
0: okay i see yeah yeah all right so you were yeah see i see that's such a stereotype of the south (laughs) and i've always said the more north you go it's like the more south you are because i went to school up in vermont Mm -hmm. and it was on like the upstate it was on the new york border it was very different Mm -hmm. so (laughs) so, but you got damn i'm just i got married at 29 and i was like man if i just held out i could have got married at 30 (laughs)
1: no um i actually i always wanted to get married my dream and i had big big dreams high hopes uh as a teenager like my life goal was to have all the things that a normal family has you know
0: yeah
1: child. i wanted a son and a daughter i wanted to own my own house i wanted to be married and have a good job and i wanted it all by 23 why so young um, my mother was young when she had me, and we oh, okay. always had a really bitchin' relationship. We were more like friends than we were mother and son. Like Oh, she that's
0: would, awesome.
1: Yeah, she would discipline me and whoop my ass when I needed it, for sure. So, I, I mean, I was fully aware she was my mom. Yeah, but... First and foremost, but yeah. we felt like friends. So yeah. my mom's the type where, like, now, once I got older and shit, and, like... I got past that weird taboo teenager feeling of, like, mom, get away from me. Uh, Once I got past that and was like, fuck you guys, my mom's the shit. Like, me and my friends would go to concerts, and my mom would come with us. Like, she'd give us a ride, and then we'd all go see Slipknot. Or we'd drive to Albany and see Metallica.
0: Oh, man.
1: shit like that, yeah. So my mom, like, has always been, like, uh, my best friend. That's
0: what I want to be like when I'm older.
1: Yeah, I wanted that relationship, and I know me. I already don't have enough patience, and the older I get... The less that's going to be there. I wanted to be at a. I wanted to have my kids younger. That way, when I was older, I wouldn't be too old to where I just didn't feel like I had the energy to parent to the best of my ability. Yeah. So.
0: Let me. Is it safe to say that people (laughs) who listen to your show are probably hearing a completely different side than they hear on uh, the Fat Jay podcast?
1: Oh, people listening to this episode compared to people to like If, who if you have a regular
0: listening and they hear this, they're going <laughs> to be like, huh? Uh, the guy who says cunt every 30 seconds?
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, you my know why, list-
0: and, 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 and I mean this as a compliment, because I've listened to your show. I, I definitely like it a lot. And, like, talking to you now, I kind of get this Kevin Smith thing going where, like, uh, dirty mind, good heart.
1: That's that's exactly that's exactly it. And it's, it's funny you should say that, because, uh, like, Kevin Smith is my idol.
0: I... Fucking love
1: him. I have like every movie he's ever done autographed by him and You got
0: to meet him and stuff?
1: No, I bought him at the Secret Stash. I've gone to New Jersey twice just to go to the Secret oh, Stash. Man, and um one of the times was for Tusk Day when Tusk came out. Oh man. So so, so we you're got a recent. Yeah, we, we got a um We didn't get to stay long enough to meet him, unfortunately. We were supposed to meet him, but the weather was so bad that, like, all of New England had a flash freeze that day, and I had already gotten in a car accident on the way down but toughed through it. So weather was supposed to get even worse, and um, I was like, I want to get back up to New Hampshire before it freezes over again and we get stuck in New Jersey. So we had to leave early, but we got to watch him do his um, Q&A, and we got to go to the Tusk uh release thing and see tusk we only caught the end of it but i had already watched the dvd so that wasn't a problem but when we got there yeah you get like a little toy and you get an autographed blu-ray and shit from the guys at the secret stash and stuff i've met all the comic book men i just haven't had a chance to meet uh kevin in person yet but yeah he was he was my big idol when it comes to the podcasting thing uh
0: podcast man
1: for years, I've listened to Smodcast, Hollywood Babylon, Tell 'em Steve, Dave, pretty much the entire Smodcast network. And um, that was definitely like the, some of the ideas I have in my show aren't ripped off from them, but it's influenced by the types of things they do. Because yeah. basically, I learned what a podcast was from Smodcast. So a lot of the shit talking, like the funny news articles and shit. They don't do it as much on Smodcast because they have actual shit to talk about. But on some occasions, they would pull weird news articles from Canada and shit like that, and they would talk about it. And basically when I was creating Fat J Podcast, I was like, I'm going to take that idea and I'm going to roll with it and make it a little less of a talk show, more of like like a news farce, like a fake news type thing. Um, I mean, everything we talk about is actual shit we find online, so it's not like we're making it up. But then uh, some of the ideas I got for, like, other segments that I created were sort of influenced by shit on, like, Hollywood Babylon and stuff. Like, hearing Ralph Garman do all of his impressions and stuff like that and how it's funny, it made me be like, fuck, I can do impressions. Like, I'll do some impressions on my show, and it'll give someone something different to listen to. Uh, Than the same old shit every episode, you know.
0: No, that's fucking awesome. Um, I just ah, uh, I, I just had a a buddy of mine who was on the show. His episode didn't go up yet, but he's going to be a glorified extra in the season next season of Comic Book Man. Oh yeah. But he lives down in that area. I was like, oh man. Yeah, I I I, I love Kevin Smith because like besides of his films that I really enjoy, he's like one of the only one of the few people before I found podcasting that I would actually just want to listen to talk. Because, like, those evening, back in the day, the evening when Kevin Smith yep. came out. And then by the time I saw, like, Too Fat for 40 and all that, I was already into the podcast world. But, like, he's just such a rock on tour. And he just, he's so fucking smart. And, you know, he doesn't look like all famous people. Like, he, I look closer to Kevin Smith than I'll ever look to Ben Affleck. So, like, mm-hmm. it's way more relatable. <laughs> and I then, look a shit uh,
1: ton like Kevin Smith.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You kind of sound like uh, Randall a little bit. Oh, yeah? I, that's the first thing I thought, and I loved it. I was like, yes. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, but That's awesome. Um, what's your co-host name again? I'm sorry, I forgot. Dylan. Dylan. Like, so how did you guys get... How do you know Dylan?
1: Oh, my God. I met Dylan, like, my first day of seventh grade. Oh, fuck. And uh, we were, like, instantly friends. And then we were, like... We were friends, good friends, but never really hung out much. We were like in-school friends. And then freshman year of high school, um, I think it was freshman year. might have been sophomore. I'm not sure. Yeah, it was sophomore. Sophomore year of high school, I had the genius idea that I was going to start a band. And um, <laughs> so me and my buddy at the time, he was going to drum. I was going to sing. And I was like, who the fuck are we going to find to do shit? like, the other parts, and I found two guitarists, and then Dylan, uh, had started learning some guitar, and, but he was a band geek, and so wasn't, uh, our other guitarist, they were both in band, and so I knew that they knew how to read music and shit, and basically I was just like, hey, you should play bass, and he was like, fucking hey, let's do it, and that's what I love about Dylan, the entire time I've known him, if I've ever had an idea, No matter how crazy, how stupid, how whatever, if I'm like, hey, we should do this, he's always down. He's like, fuck it, let's go. So that's what he did, and he picked up a bass, and we all kind of learned together, and we played in a band for a few years. And then um, uh, I ended up being roommates with Dylan for a while, and then now we're just best friends. We hang out all the time. He's like a brother, so –
0: podcasting that it becomes a way to hang out when you get to a certain age
1: yeah well we already hung out a shit ton this was actually the podcasting was a way i don't know to let people in to our little world of friendship type thing and you as have like, like a you have a following too um yeah I we have, have a modest one. we have a modest following um they're all fucking insane and i love them but
0: yeah you're, <laughs> you're real active with your audience
1: Very. Uh, Basically, our whole structure thing is that uh, the show was inspired by my ex-wife pushing and pushing and pushing and pushing way after the divorce. This wasn't anything while we were together. Uh, After the divorce, we became friends, and she was just like, like, you're the funniest fucking dude I know. Like, you always are the center of attention in the room. You command a room with the way you tell stories and you can engage people and you just make shit funny that normally wouldn't even be funny just with your personality. She's like, you should do stand-up. I was like, if I go up and do stand-up, I'm going to fucking die. I'm going to choke. There's no way it's going to happen. Um, and then I was like, if I did anything, it would be podcasting. Cause I'm familiar with the structure of a podcast. And at least with podcasting, I do it by myself and I listen back. And if I don't like it, I don't release it with standup. I go up there and, and a room full of people are like, fuck this guy, you know? I just don't have – I I don't have the sack for that. So I was just like, I'll try podcasting because I work best off of – I call it situational comedy. Yeah,
0: I know that for
1: Working off of news articles or off of other people and then – Like you make, would
0: be a good uh, talk show host.
1: Oh, absolutely. I, I could do well, that. you are.
0: <laughs>
1: I'd be better if I could learn how to not say fuck constantly and use the word um – constantly well, but otherwise the other thing
0: is the only thing to worry about because like this new age like look at the swear net <laughs> dudes who are just like fuck the fcc and we'll make it ourselves and put yeah. it online and we'll have our own little fucking empire
1: yeah yeah that's true no it's definitely it's a lot less taboo um than he it has said, been man,
0: he, he's the dirtiest motherfucker ever and he's like heart of gold
1: yeah well, that's the thing is a lot of people think like they're in that mentality of like if you have a foul mouth, then you're a foul person. That's not the case. Like when I'm around my children, I don't say swears. I'm on my best behavior. But when the kids go to bed and it's me time, I'll, I'll say whatever I feel like saying because I'm a grown-ass man and I've earned that right. Yeah. You know? And if people don't if people do like it, then those people shouldn't surround themselves with people like me. That's why I love my following because the, the following that we have are people like us. You know, people who are okay. I mean, there's definitely some listeners out there who have had a... In the first few episodes, they had a hard time swallowing the fact that I do use the word cunt. Yeah. But my... My whole point is... I like that word. I think it's a funny word.
0: It's got the R-T, you know?
1: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. No, it sounds, in my opinion, fuck and cunt. Are like the hmm. two most swear words you can say because they just they sound harsh. When and you're you not it.
0: calling somebody like a person a cunt, you're just using the word cunt.
1: Oh, I absolutely. Call, and now we're just call trying call to say cunt. the
0: word cunt as much as possible in this sentence.
1: <laughs> no, um, I the sentence. Mean... No, the only t- the only time I really use the word cunt uh, on my show, it's never used for the actual purpose of the term, which of course refers to. The vagina, like, it's supposed to be synonymous with pussy or any other word like that. Yeah. That's not how I use it. I use it as a synonym for the word bitch.
0: Yeah.
1: And I use that when referring to males or females. Mm-hmm. And so we'll read a news article about, like, a mom who shot up a bunch of fucking heroin and left her kid in, like, a hot car. And the first words out of my mouth is "check out this miserable cunt" because she is. That's pretty cunty. Yeah, you shouldn't. (laughs) That's a wicked cunty thing to do.
0: And you have kids, so you're probably hearing that story harder too.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, so a lot of times, the only times, if you go back and listen to all the episodes, the only times the word "cunt" is really used is either when we're talking about a person who's a shitty fucking human being, or. If we're making light of the fact that we're a show that uses the word cunt.
0: Well, yeah, the picture I'm looking at now, it says, let's talk some shit.
1: (laughs) Yeah, well, that's our slogan. That's why uh, the episode you were on was called Shit Talk 2015. Our whole slogan since the very beginning, since the first episode, before we ever released anything, when I had the idea for Fat Jay Podcast, I was like, of course, you're going to go with, okay, what's our name going to be? And I had come up with that idea before Dylan came along, because originally it wasn't going to be a co-hosted show. It was going to be my show, um, and then I was going to have different guests on, similar to how you do your show. Oh, uh, yeah,
0: yeah.
1: And then after the first episode, it was basically going to be me, like, reminiscing and talking shit with all my friends. And um, so after the first episode, I just knew that Dylan was the co-host. And I was like, we're just going to keep it like this because we're funny and we have a good chemistry. But before that even happened, I was like going off the Kevin Smith type thing. I'm like, OK, how am I going to make a title that's relatable to the show? And I was like, I can do a themed title, but then I'm going to have to go with a themed show that kind of goes with it. And I'm not that creative. So what it basically came down to is who do I want to cater to? I want my show to cater to the stoners. I want my show to cater to the freaks and the geeks. I want my show to cater to all the people that I've always surrounded myself with. The people who have enjoyed my stories and have gotten me to where I'm like, yeah, let's take those and move them into podcasting.
0: Like, like say, The the Mallrats?
1: See what I did there? Ah. Yeah. <laughs> I was so, really like, proud of that. Sorry. I was – in high school, I was the fucking – the loud-mouthed class clown, like, cigarette-smoking – I was fucking, like, Judd Nelson or whatever his name is from Breakfast Club. Just, like, <laughs> I don't care about anything. I was the rebel. Um, as a matter of fact, I got paid five bu- – funny, quick little anecdote. Um, basically, I was that kid in high school who could get away with anything because they're like, we can't really do anything because if we suspend him, we're just sending him home, which oh, is yeah. what he wants anyways. Yeah. Um, and my cousin was the vice principal, so I could kind of get away with murder. And um, I'm the only kid ever to, that got paid $5 to call his English teacher a cunt. Wow. So this I got paid f- 5 bucks from the principal. So this because, word and you go far back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and I only use it when someone's being a mega bitch. I've, got, I've become a lot more comfortable with it myself, but back then I wasn't comfortable with it at all. Um, I would only use it if the person was being a super, super bitch, which this teacher was being a super fucking bitch. And I ended up calling her a cunt, and she kicked me out and dropped me from her class, said I'd have to go to a different English class. Um, and <laughs> basically the principal was like, well, we have no choice but to suspend you, but – you're going to enjoy that. So we're not going to do like the two or three days like we would normally do. Just go home for the rest of today and then come back tomorrow morning and pick a new class. And I'm like, okay. And uh, he was like, you know, are you going to go home or what are you going to do? I was like, if I go home, my mom's going to whoop my ass. So I'm not going to go home and tell her that I called the teacher a cunt. So no. And he didn't want me getting in trouble. So he's like, take five bucks, go to Cumberland Farms, buy yourself like a slushy in a candy bar or something, and just kind of lay low until after school. And I was like, okay, man, thanks. That's not a punishment <laughs> at all. No, it wasn't at all. I didn't get punished very easily. Um, but I also didn't need it. Like, at school, I was a total asshole, but I've always been very respectful.
0: Yeah, mine is time.
1: That's how I was raised. So uh, it's, you know, I was, the, I was the dude where you'd look at me, and I'm wearing a leather jacket, and I smoke cigarettes, and I beat people up. And you'd think, oh, he's a bully, but then if you look again, I'm bullying the people who are assholes. Rude,
0: fr- not rude.
1: Yeah, my friends were always the band geeks, the fucking drama kids, the like I said, the stoners, the, the stoners, the freaks, and the geeks. Like that was just like all the outcasts were the people that I would hang out with because those are the most real people, you know, in my opinion. I think
0: you're talking to one of them right here. So
1: yeah, you're, you're I mean, safe. Once you cross into the world of, like, the superficial people, yeah, it, it seems like you're talking to them and they're always fake.
0: Why is that never goes away? Like, I know... <laughs> I don't
1: fucking know, I man. I can't
0: get... I won't get to it. There's someone, my wife... But what is it now I've noticed with um that type of person? Say you might know them in real life, and their life is fucking awful, and not, like... Uh, poverty and, like, struggle and, like, you know, things that, like, people actually go through, just like people who make terrible decisions, woe was me, and they came from good backgrounds, and their Facebook and their Twitter and all their internet stuff, they have, like, the best life, but then, like, you may know them from work, or somehow you still, like, know them in real life, and you know they're completely fucking miserable. Like, you see that a lot with people in loveless marriages, and, like, the yeah. Facebook is, like, spending a nice week at home, and it's like, that's not true, your husband slept on the couch, and... You slept at your mom's because you guys got in a big fight and you hate each other. And maybe you shouldn't put that on Facebook, but don't need to be, like, tagging each other at places where you're not even together. And, like, oh, people are so weird.
1: Yeah, the uh, the best example I've ever gotten of that, and I think this person is kind of why I sculpted my personality around not being those types of people, is um, my first ever real girlfriend, and we were together all through high school And uh, partially into college. And I loved her so much. She was awesome. I came from a very poor, 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 poor family. Um, And she came from mother was a teacher, father was a lawyer. Mm. Total like Mars and Venus type thing. Like two different planets. Uh, But we loved each other. It was an awesome relationship. She was great. Her dad was pretty cool because he had been raised poor and he worked his ass off putting himself through school to be a lawyer and shit like that. So he he was real, he had been grounded. But her mother had pretty much always been an entitled, selfish, spoiled little bitch. And so now, you know, fast forward to where she has teenage kids and stuff and she has a teenage daughter dating this teenage boy and stuff. And um, she was still the same stuck-up, stuffy, judgmental, literally told me I was pawned scum. Not because I was a bad kid, but because I I grew up in a poor neighborhood. And uh, she was the type of bitch to literally sit at home, call out of work, and just sit at home in her fucking bathrobe, watching Oprah all day, living off her husband's money. And then buying shit without his permission. Like, I remember one day we, we went to her house after school, and there was a dude, there was a huge van there. And we're like, what the fuck's this? we go, and they're having this giant pool built in the backyard. Like, huge fucking pool in the backyard. And and uh we were like, what the hell is going on? She goes, oh, I bought a pool. <laughs> and um my girlfriend at the time goes, well, I can't believe Dad told you you could buy this. He's normally very frugal and stuff. And she goes, oh, no, he doesn't know. I'm just doing it. Because if I ask him, he's going to say no. But if it's already here, he's going to have to get used to it. Wow. And that I, could, I couldn't help myself. That was the first time I ever spoke ill to her. Um, Not the I, last? I don't think it was the last. Um, it was definitely the first because even though I hated her guts, I was always very respectful. It was always the whole time. I dated their daughter. I never referred to them by their first names. It was always Mr. and Mrs. Oh. Yeah, no, that's just how that household went. And um, had I ever dropped guard and called her by her name, she would have fucking iced me. So I was always, you know, Mr. and Mrs. And that was the first time where I was just like, I didn't use her name or anything. I, I just went, you've got to be fucking shitting me. And she was just like, eyes wide open, like... I gasping like did you just say that and i was just like with all due respect mrs you know i go i've never hit a woman i will never hit a woman but if i ever have a wife that does something like that she's getting fucking slapped (laughs) like that's terrible i go, how much is this shit costing And it was well over five thousand dollars. And I was just like, That's not buying yourself a new pair of shoes. That's like No, there's no comparison. That's like buying a fucking swimming pool without someone's permission.
0: A lot of fucking money and Tons of money. A marriage is supposed to be about trust and I don't know these people, so I don't need to get into that, but like, fuck. But yeah, I've no I, I I've met entitled stuck up, whatever you want to call it, people with no sense of like money. And, mm-hmm. like, it, it kind of baffles me. Like, I maybe I, – I think I've heard it – can. It, it, it's like a, if I went to a different con- – like, a third world country and started complaining about the lack of uh, bottled water. Like, you just <laughs> – I've, I've heard people, like, there's a certain level of wealth where it's, like, water, like us. Like, how we – you and I are with water, you just – you don't think about it because it's just there, right? It is what it is. But then, right. it's, but like, there's people in our country, anywhere in the world, with money, like, and they don't think about it. it's just, it's always been there. It's never, never not going to be there. Like we're talking, you know, people who have just fucking boatloads of money where it doesn't even affect them. Right. Fuck. It's weird. It. it yeah.
1: It is very weird, and I, f- I find that to cross over with like once you've earned your your money and stuff like that too, because like this this woman.
0: Oh, when you sh- when you're born into it and when you work for it, it's a different different. You could just, oh, hopefully, but overall, anyone I've ever met who's had money or a lot of money, like because of like work, like it wasn't like they born into. Obviously, I haven't known that many billionaires or anything, but
1: right, yeah. Uh, I don't know, man. Like she was born into it. She was like that. A lot of like her family members and stuff, from what I gather, were like that. And uh, I just – it never – she always rubbed me the wrong way. Like from the moment I met her, I just didn't like her at all and uh, and vice versa. She just didn't like me. And it wasn't because she took the time to get to know me and it wasn't because I was dating her daughter. It was because of the street I grew up on, you know? Yeah,
0: it's like England. It's very like the very English mentality of like it's a very class-based system. And like yeah. there's nothing you could ever do to be right in their eyes. I, it's funny. So, too. why bother?
1: Yeah. You know? That's well, my motto. That's why I don't try to. Yeah, that's fuck why it. I. You know, just march to the beat of your own drum. Be your own person. And if you're being true to yourself, it doesn't really give a shit. Like, it doesn't matter if they like you. You're not going to please them regardless. So, you might as well be true to yourself. Because at the end of the day, what you're going to end up with if you're not is you're going to have two people that don't like you. They're still going to not like you. And now you're not going to like you. Yeah, and we're not
0: talking about, like, having, like, these, like. We're just talking about saying bad words, but not like racist, homophobic, misogynistic, horrible things against another type of person. We're like talking about saying fucking shit.
1: Yeah, which is like what
0: I like about Kevin Smith. He's like you know he's he swears all the fucking time, but like or but you know like the opposite is you see those it's always those fucking evangelical Christian fucking assholes who like the they oppose homosexual homosexuality as a sin. But they don't swear; they're all proper and all this. And then they, they're getting fucking blowjobs in the bathroom from prostitutes.
1: Everybody has skeletons in their closet. I don't believe there's one person on the oh. fucking earth. Who... I think
0: people like you and me, our skeletons aren't even that good. More... I have no
1: skeletons. I'm yeah. an open book.
0: Yeah, like I, same here. I'm, I'm like mine open are open like book. yeah, they're 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 pretty stupid. I think it's the people who are the most uptight and like very like call me Mrs. and Mister Revel are, the, like, the fucking weirdos, and it should be, like, people like you and me are like, fuck, yeah, man, whatever. Shit, um, shit cockballs.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't mind the, the respect thing of calling someone Mr. or Mrs. Yeah, I, I don't mean, like it at all. I don't know, man. I, I feel like, I think that. it's because I have a daughter. Yeah. But I, I feel like when my daughter's of dating age, her boyfriend had better call me Mr. Rathburn until he has cooler
0: Pitchin. I bet you're going be to be cooler than that.
1: I'll be cool once I know him, but I'm very. I was raised by, um, I was raised by a single mother and two lesbian grandmas. So uh,
0: we need to backtrack, and I
1: want to hear a lot about that. <laughs> um,
0: lesbian grandmas in New Hampshire.
1: Yeah, that that as a matter is of fact, so cool. As a matter of fact, they would never, ever, ever admit that they're lesbians. Do you
0: want this taken out or no? No, this oh, okay, is fine.
1: Okay. Um. I just keep names out of it. That's all I do. I'm an open book. I'll tell my uh, whole. Let's get real. Life I, story.
0: I don't think a lot of grandmothers are listening to podcast. <laughs>
1: uh, I don't know, man. You'd be surprised. I get a lot of like fifty-something-year-old women listening to oh, my yeah, show.
0: You know what? If your mom had you young, your grandmas probably are not like my grandma's age. <laughs>
1: uh, my grandmother, one is past and one's still living, and they were born in uh, 1940. And 1941, I believe. Oh, wow. All right. So. Um, so. But, yeah, neither of them would have ever admitted um, to being a lesbian because it's just like the world wasn't ready. And they had yeah. that old school mentality. But we all knew. The family all knew. Um, and you're all cool that, with it? Oh, yeah. yeah. It was never. Like, as a matter of fact, I don't even think I questioned it until I was, like, 13.
0: Isn't that nice? And, it wasn't even like, oh, we're cool that it. it was like there's nothing to be cool with. They're just my grandmas.
1: Yeah. In the same way if you had a
0: grandma and a grandpa, it's the same fucking thing.
1: Yeah, that's that no, and that's exactly how it was always um, Are we like
0: ruining this for your listeners? Be like, "Damn. That Fat Jay, you potty mouth but big fucking heart and loves these." Oh no. Gays.
1: No, my listeners as a matter of fact, like if you were to go back and listen to all of my episodes, um, we we are fun. We laugh. We say, you know, fuck shit, dick, balls, cunt, like all the good stuff. I'll sit there and rewrite a fucking script to a good movie and make it all about porn. I have no problem doing that. We have a really good time on the show. But uh, I've been an open book with my listeners since the beginning. And when we do get serious once in a blue fucking moon, uh, they've learned tidbits about my life. I make jokes on the show sometimes about my father. Um, I think it was even in episode one I cracked a joke about my dad. Uh, we were talking about, like, people living forever because uh, there was a woman who was, like, 104 years old who just drank Dr. Pepper all day, and that's why she thinks that she lived so long. And she she was, like, 104 years old, and she only takes two pills. Jeez. And, and the joke I made was, like, my whole life, as long as I can remember, my grandmother's always woken up and had to take a fistful of pills <laughs> for all of her ailments. Yeah. I go, and my father – even younger than her, my father takes a fistful of pills, but he's a fucking drug addict. So like um, – And that's so like, true? Uh, I don't know if he's still an addict. I know he's a fucking asshole. Uh, I, are, never, no I never really him? had – no, he was an abusive, womanizing cockbag bag uh, who was always selling drugs, doing drugs, getting drunk, uh, beating my mom. And then so when he was finally out of the picture, I was very young. Uh, when he was finally out of the picture, life kind of got better. But uh, my whole life, I've basically – that's why I am like the type of guy I am now, which is an asshole but with a heart of gold. And uh, I'm a great father to my children. Mm-hmm. Like doing the single dad of two kids thing at 25 years of age is not fucking easy. And it's – a lot of people would say it's stupid because I no, uh, – you're up for it. But the thing is I grew up with a, I grew up without a father. So I was just – I was very much – I knew what I was getting into. And I knew that no matter what, I was always going to be what I never had. So yeah, I want to I ask
0: don't. you that, is that. There must be a huge part of you. Because when people experience uh, your tra- the childhood you had, like trauma, it uh, often goes one or two ways. You can either break the cycle or continue the cycle. But what uh, right. I am r- finding is for whatever it is, probably largely because of your wonderful relationship with your amazing mother and your grandparents, it sounds like you went the other way of like, you no, know, fuck that. I'm going to be the best dad ever.
1: Yeah, no, I always knew. As young as I was, I always knew that when the day came and I was a father, I'd be the the best father in the history of the world. Yeah. Um that's just that was set to be. And I knew that like basically he I went every day, you know, not really knowing my dad that well. And the, the worst part about it was the fact that he didn't give a shit. Like if mm. he was off somewhere and I thought for a second he cared, you know, then I would have, you know, been able to look at him a little bit more as a man and be like, okay, well he was fucked up. He needed to not be there because that was my only chance of fucking having a normal life is without him there. But that wasn't the case. He was just a selfish asshole. Is and still I like, yeah, I think so. Okay. I talked to him a couple years ago and tried to be just like open a doorway to like friendship. But I told him point blank. I was like, you're never going to be my dad. I'm a dad. I don't need a dad, you know? Mm. Um, so I, I, I'm pretty sure he's still alive. He just... uh, Once I got my ex-wife pregnant, he did the same thing to his grandchildren that he did to me, which is basically fucking bailed. He started... Basically, it happened and turned into a big fight because he gave me parenting advice, which was tell her to abort it because you're not ready. And my advice was... How the fuck am I going to take advice from a guy who's never been ready to be a father? Like, yeah. you don't know if I'm ready because you've never been ready. He has at least three children, me, my brother, and my sister, um, different moms. And my brother and sister have the same mom. I have a different mom from them. And uh for a very long time, we didn't have any contact because of my father um being a prick. So I went my whole life basically not knowing my brother and sister either. Wow. Um now I have a relationship with my sister, and uh, I don't really have one with my brother but that's that's a choice thing that he and I came up with through a series of arguments
0: I respect that though
1: but I, I at least you know we had a shot we were trying to be brotherly and stuff it just didn't work he's too much like his father uh, but my sister and I are the black sheeps of the family we're the uh-huh. only two that don't have addiction problems uh, mm-hmm. don't have Problems with being abusive assholes or anything like that.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, watching your and ta- go to shit, my heroin must be hitting you in a couple different ways then.
1: um, It, it definitely sucks. It definitely sucks. Um, I used to be sort of like a youth substance abuse counselor when i was in high school mm-hmm. uh it was like a form of community service so that i could earn some extra credits because i wasn't going to graduate <laughs> um, so i would talk to these kids and stuff that were my peers and it would be all in secret and we wouldn't talk about it outside of the meeting and i basically ran like a support group type thing for kids who are having problems with drugs and shit and um i have no problem with marijuana usage i'm all for it But once you start getting into other drugs and shit that are, like, full-blown just fucking deadly, like, it doesn't matter how high you're going to get because you might fucking die.
0: Yeah, it's funny the jump people make from, like, if you smoke pot, you'll do heroin. I'm like, well, I'm here to tell you I've never seen heroin and I've smoked plenty of pot. (laughs) (laughs) They're not connected. I don't don't smoke pot anymore, but, like, yeah, they're not the same fucking thing. And we we don't need to get into the whole drug war conversation right now because it's way more important. But, yeah, <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you. And it's kind of good that you're going to grow up with children and be able to guide them through it and just not being afraid to talk about it because, like, that's hard. The hardest yeah. part about sex and drugs growing up is that uh, the generation before us was like, you don't talk to your kids about that. And then the public schools aren't able to do the job they're supposed to need. So you're just like, uh, well, I'm not supposed to do heroin or acid or coke or whatever or ecstasy by the time I got to high school. But you said the same thing about pot, and that's really fun and not that bad.
1: Yeah, it really is, <laughs> and it really isn't. Yeah, um, it's not
0: that bad at all. And then, I mean, fortunately, I never did ecstasy or any of the heavy stuff. But like, I had friends who did, who were like, "Well, we started smoking weed together in high school." And then they, would, they, they, honestly, they got arre- as a couple of friends got arrested and had to go to rehab. As part of the commun- you know the court thing, and people yep. go to rehab to be- get you hooked on drug to sell you drugs. So some dude there got them hooked on cocaine. Yep. It just fuck, man. It's,
1: it's a vicious cycle. Um, and I mean, people will say marijuana is a gateway drug, and I oh, mean, te- technically, by definition, it is.
0: No, it's it, it's the same state. The only way that's true. I heard someone say this. It's not my statement. It would be the same statement as if saying that milk is a gateway to beer. That is the connection for gateway drugs. They are of the – the only reason they're gateway drugs is because they're classified as class one felonies and you lump them together. If it was legalized and regulated, it would be completely removed from that argument. Sorry.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, My opinion on that particular thing is like if you really want to get down technically, it could be considered a gateway drug. I mean it's not the same as the other drugs in the least The only time uh,
0: anyone's ever offered me coke is when I'm trying to buy weed. (laughs) <laughs> That's the only time it's ever like – but I fucking hate people
1: on cocaine, man. Fuck uh, them. My problem with people on cocaine is that you just can't stop them.
0: <laughs> oh, my god. And they talk and they talk and they're just like – they're really – they're just – it's them but the, it's the wor- – it's the, it brings out the nar- – I had a friend who used to make the joke that it brings out the narcissist in all of us. <laughs> it's just like, hey, man. Hey, yeah, yeah. I'm really interested. Uh-huh. You want to go to the bathroom with me? No. <laughs> I, well this is cut with baby lax, so i'm gonna go take a shit <laughs> man i didn't think this conversation was gonna go this way
1: you never know what to expect with me it's it's um
0: no that's what's fun about podcasts i was pretty tired tonight and i was like oh i don't know if you get this i always I, i'm probably sure performers get it too it's like i don't feel like doing anything and i'm like five minutes before i'm like all right get myself in a good mood and it's nothing to do with anyone. It's just 8 o'clock on a fucking work
1: night. Oh, yeah. No, I do the same thing. I get prepared before we hit record or yeah, anything. Yeah. Um I've seen sit...
0: all boarding.
1: But with me, it's also I kind of sort of, even though I'm, I'm myself on the show, uh, I sort of play a little bit of a character in the sense of I take my – what I would normally say and do, and I just – I jack it up to – It's fun, though. Yeah. You know, on a scale from 1 to 10, normally I run it like – a seven or eight you know so i'll jack it up to 13 and i'll go above and beyond and be really into it and i get excited about it which helps yeah. um and it's then really when i'm saying sure. like when i'm saying things on the show sometimes i'll take a split second in my mind while i'm saying and see if i should second guess it and then normally i basically tell myself to shut the fuck up and i just say it and if it's something too bad where i don't feel comfortable releasing it then i'll just edit it out which has only happened once And then uh, I ended up releasing it separately as a bonus pod later on. So, (laughs) yeah, it's uh, it's one of those things where I I try not to second guess myself. I'll just go with it and say stuff, um, and kind of go over the line where normally in normal conversation I probably wouldn't, but on the show I do because that's what people are looking for.
0: We all have to do like it's you have to be a different version of yourself anyway. Like I can't be my true self at work because i'm at work and i need to have some boundaries and be respectful and i, I work in for a me, uh, behavioral health company so there's like um, a, a little mask that you got to put on and i don't know it's fun though i like i like doing the show and it's just it's such a cool co- the great thing about the other message no one might ever understand from the talk uh, what was it the talk shit 2015 yep Uh, The message I took from that whole thing was community, which you might not expect from an episode called Talk Shit 2015, because I had seen all those people on Twitter but never spoken to them, and then we Mm -hmm. got to do a podcast together.
1: Yeah, and it went well, too.
0: Yeah, 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 I'm hoping to get all those guys on here. I felt bad. Not bad, it just didn't line up in my time where I'm trying to book guests, so they're on my list for a month (laughs) out. I'm like, don't you guys worry about me, I'm going to come back for you. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's awesome. Um what what uh how old are the kids?
1: Uh my kids are 3 and 4.
0: Oh man, that's adorable. Yep.
1: I had a 3-year-old and a 4-year-old. Boy girl? One of each.
0: Oh man, you're like living the dream.
1: Yeah, yeah. That was um I had we had our girl first. Aww. and then um 11 months later we had our son.
0: Wow, that's soon.
1: Yeah, they were born in the same year. One was January and the other was December.
0: Was that, um... What is that called? Irish Twins?
1: Irish Twins, yep.
0: You had sex once after she was done being pregnant, and they're like, what, again?
1: We had sex more than once, but yeah. Yeah,
0: (laughs) there you go. Well, No, we discussed
1: it. We were like, we want to try to give her a brother, and we're going to try to do it so that they're as close as possible. Um, So we planned it, and then, um... Basically, I got what I wanted. I wanted a boy and a girl, and I got one of each. And that was the universe's way of telling me to start wearing condoms. So,
0: <laughs> now are you gonna? Uh, now, your kids are young, and I know you said you have a great re- you have a relationship with your ex wife. Um, do you try dating now, or are you just kind of holding off on that for a little while?
1: <laughs> Man, we're getting down to the nitty gritty. Hey, dude, just...
0: I'm going full on Mark Barron today.
1: Damn, dude you cutting down my listeners are going to have to listen to this episode to find out shit that they haven't heard before
0: I just well I don't have any kids yet but it's definitely an, it's
1: oh man it's there's nothing greater than having shit yeah, once
0: my brother had a son I was like oh my god I could do this
1: yeah I can tell you though you asked about dating that shit is so hard to do
0: yeah like the time, how do you have time
1: it, first of all I really don't um even if I wasn't podcasting I really don't it's just a matter of like you go to work all week you bust your ass so that you have the money to keep a roof over the kids heads and then on like being being a divorcee and having a custody agreement and stuff you know I have them and then every other weekend I wouldn't have them so I would have to go on a date on that weekend that I don't have them so everything is scheduled Everything works on a schedule. Literally, in order to have a girlfriend, which I've tried a couple times since the divorce, um, dating, just dating. And then I've had one actual girlfriend. Um, And to feel like you have to pencil your girlfriend in. (laughs) And you're
0: you're young. So, like, I'm guessing are you trying to date women older who kind of are...
1: As a matter of fact, I don't take age into consideration at all. Um, The women that I've dated since... I had one the first person I dated after my divorce um, was a woman who, who had a kid she, she had one kid and she was my age. Then I dated for for like a year because I've been divorced for a couple of years. Oh, yeah. I da- I dated but literally just in the sense of dating not boyfriend girlfriend, just seeing someone consistently. Um, I was dating a woman who was like eight years older than me. She was in her early thirties and then after that i had i found an actual girlfriend um that I, like I actually was committed to and stuff and uh, she had one kid and we lasted a couple months and basically what happened is I came to the The realization that I was just like I don't have fucking time to be in a relationship. Like I I spend so much time focusing on my work or on my children that now because of the circumstances of my life, you can only date certain people. Like your dating pool shrinks drastically. You can't really date – if you're someone like me who will never get married again. I, I'm i not into the idea of marriage anymore. It got ruined for me. Yeah. So. so, if you're someone like me who won't get married again and already has a son and a daughter and doesn't want any more children, that limits me to dating women who either have a child and don't want any more and are okay with not getting married. Divorcees, who don't want to get married uh, or finding someone who either can't have a child or whatever. Like there's a lot more – I'm not going to walk in and meet a a chick my age who's never been married and never had kids and, and expect to be with her for a long time and have that never come up. It's going to come up. Pretty much every girl, every woman, every female at some point wants children and they want wedding. Like it's just in their fucking coding. And those are two things that I'm not going to do again. So dating, I was all about it and trying and trying and trying. And then I was just like, what the fuck am I trying for? So I took all that energy that I was putting into a relationship And said basically like I need to learn to be happy by myself and be single because I had never really been single. I'm still very young. I had a girlfriend all through high school and into college and then once we broke up, I met my ex-wife. And um, so basically I've always been with somebody. So I was like I need to know how to be a single dad and a single Justin and and be okay not thinking – well when am I going to get laid again When am I going to sleep next to a person again When am I going to this that and the other Because that shit in the big scheme of things Once I sat down and thought about it Doesn't really matter to me anymore I'm never going to die alone Because I have my children And at this point in time in my life I just don't miss Being in a relationship I'm When I was in the relationship I missed The idea of freedom but I, When I say idea of freedom, I mean idea of freedom because I'd never truly known freedom. I'd always had someone where I was texting and being like, oh, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm going out with the guys. And now I don't have to do that. It's like I do whatever mm. the fuck I want. I took that energy and put it into my show, and um, I think that the product in general has been better than it would be once I finally start dating someone.
0: You've made some real adult statements. Someone someone from your show's listen to this Just the only time we listen to like maybe a handful of your episodes and be like, Damn, Justin's like what every guy in this situation should be doing. Yeah. <laughs> Focusing yeah. on himself and his children and fostering a great life and when it's time to date, go for it. But yeah. damn man. <laughs> You're very adult of you.
1: Yeah. I mean <laughs> your mom's sec- gonna be so proud. <laughs> she already is. Yeah, no, me and me and mom are chill. We're cool. Um I Do not listen don't, to your show? She listens to my show. She's one of our fans.
0: Oh, that's really sweet. Yeah, no, she
1: Have likes it. Have her on it. your show, man. She gets a kick out of it. She sat in on a couple episodes. That's um, cool. I won't really do, like, an interviewee thing with my mom. It yeah. just doesn't fit the bill. Um, yeah, that's,
0: uh, that's fair. Uh, that's but, awesome, man. Well, we hit the hour.
1: Damn. I that hope, shit flies. Uh,
0: Let's talk. Some shit went in a different direction tonight. I was not expecting that. So I'll be quite honest. I usually write stuff down with people, and like, so I have like bullet points. But I, I, because I listen to your show. Well, I, you know, I've talked to you before. I was like, I don't know, fuck it. I'm just gonna go go, go cold. See what happens. And I did not expect this.
1: <laughs> yeah. No. You got you got a uh, some real interviewee Justin going on. Which is cool because it gives an opportunity yeah. for my listeners to uh, listen to your show once the episode comes out and get a feel for, for the nitty gritty real me. I mean, they've heard some shit on my show. I've mentioned being molested and I've mentioned stuff like that uh, from Dude, my past, talk, man. In passing, but um, you matter were fact, yeah, I feel like if we record for like another twenty minutes, we can have a, a suitable way of wrapping it up. If you have time,
0: yeah, I got time. I had to make sure that. So, yeah, I work for a behavioral health company, and I literally talk about this kind of stuff with people all the time, so I don't get phased very easily. Yep. Uh, so if I'm too personal to stop me.
1: <laughs> oh, no, man, I'm in, I'm a complete open book. Any random person on the street could come up to me and want to start a conversation, and I'll tell them pretty much anything.
0: Yeah, this show has definitely brought me out of my comfort zone a ton. Because uh, I actually always want to get deeper with people, but I'm always, I'm always the one who's too afraid to do it. And it's been many of episodes where we're getting to that level where I feel more comfortable doing it. So this is a good podcast for both of us.
1: Yeah, man, and you can ask me anything. I'm not going to stray away. Yeah, all like right. It. So uh,
0: I'll cut back. I don't know where I cut. I'll figure out the editing aspect. But uh, So wait, So you were, um, you've were you talked about it on your show openly that you were molested as a child. Is that something you would want to speak to now if you're comfortable
1: um, yeah, I mean, there's not much to say, uh, which is weird to hear someone say that after they've no, been well, molested, uh, but I don't know, I mean, in your line of work, like you said, you've talked to people, so you don't get easily faced, I mean, I was, I was molested numerous, numerous times uh, over the course of, uh, it was either one or two years, I'm a little hazy on the details, I don't quite remember, mm-hmm. um, and I was molested by my male... Downstairs neighbor. It yeah. was like their, their teenage son.
0: Yeah. How old? Are we talking? Were they? Were they?
1: I, were they? They were probably like fifteen. So
0: they can. It's molestation, but there's that weird borderline thing where it's like, well, they're a teenager, and so was there cover up with the family? Uh, not your family, their family.
1: Um, they didn't really talk about. It. I was so young at the time. I was like five and six. Yeah. Or, no, it wasn't five and six. I was six and seven. It was. It was over the course of uh, like a year and a half ish. And um, so I was molested numerous times. I didn't keep track, obviously. That's probably um, for the best. Yeah. But it was multiple times by the teenage son of the downstairs neighbors. Um, in my opinion, for me, and this doesn't go for everybody, some people get molested and it completely destroys them. And rightfully so. It's very traumatic. Um, for me, I was – it It was only traumatic to me when I didn't talk about it. And then the second I told my parents what was going on, we packed up and we moved. And the worst thing in hindsight the, – the only two things that are really bad um, in my opinion about the outcome of what happened – is that, A, I didn't want to have to talk to a judge and everybody because I was so little, and so my parents didn't push me.
0: Mm-hmm. We,
1: we just moved, and we didn't take him to court. And uh, now that I'm older and I have children, I wish that they would have pushed me.
0: Yeah.
1: Because it would have gotten him arrested and prevented him from doing that shit again, hopefully.
0: Yep.
1: So that's the only regret I have. And that and the apartment we lived in was fucking bitching, and we lost it because we had to move. And where we moved was just a total shithole.
0: But you had good parents in the sense that, like, didn't – sometimes you hear stories where parents just like uh, – I well, we'll do very popular cases because I don't want to talk about anyone I work with specifically. But like, right. Uh, like Sandusky, like the whole Penn State kind of thing where it's just like the whole town – or like the Catholic Church people just – blind eye that shit and my parents just
1: deny it you know yeah no it's um i'm sure that kid's parents would have denied it um i don't know that they ever i don't know if my parents ever talked to them um i kind of once i told them what was going on it just kind of
0: you were were young so like none of that responsibility is on you
1: no 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 uh, I was young, so I would. There was probably some talking and shit like that in the background that I wasn't privy to.
0: I would, I would imagine that maybe some court stuff happened without you even knowing. Uh, nope. That really? I know
1: for a fact, there was no court stuff. Wow. They kept it out of court because they were gonna take them to court and have them arrested and stuff. But the the police said I that I would have to give my like testifying. and so stuff. Then now
0: you have the small town mentality where the cops are just like, suck it up, kid. Don't worry about it. Um, co- well, I mean, cause honestly, a cop should not be like saying that to a child.
1: Oh, he didn't say it to me. He said it to my parents. And then my mother asked me point blank, like, would you talk in front of the, the judge and the police officers and stuff and tell them? Oh, no. And I was very, very shy. And I just, I You didn't were seven to... and
0: you went through a traumatic experience.
1: Yeah. So that's then, the like
0: o- a lot of, especially at that age, you're asking, they're, what they're asking you to do is get in front of a bunch of strangers and relive your trauma.
1: Right. Which, yeah, which I wasn't cool we with. We need to you. find
0: a better court, system for court for this.
1: I mean, yeah. We do this with rape no, right
0: victims, too. It's like, can you relive the uh, moments in front of the person that you're accusing?
1: <laughs> it's like I fucking really don't want to. So <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I'm yeah. seven
0: years old or whatever age. It, it's, it's you know, like, I don't want to get up. And then, let's be honest, uh, things generally don't always go so well for the victims.
1: Yeah, and the no, victims, I, I – I think that for my situation and what happened it worked out the best it possibly could have for for me which was we just moved away we got away from that and then it never happened again and we were I was a lot less trusting of people um but I don't necessarily see that as a bad thing I think that in order to gain wisdom and to grow up in this world you kind of have to have your innocence taken away You ever done
0: therapy or anything?
1: Is there any, I do therapy all the time. Me I'm too. Fu- I fucking uh, love yes. it. I go to therapy. Therapy's great. I, I recommend, even if people don't have major problems, everybody's got something going on. Oh, dude. I, I think everyone should go to therapy.
0: Yo, I say this on the show. It took me a long time to go and then finally talk about it on the show. I, I've said this more than once, but um, once I got past the initial reason I went to therapy, like the issue had whatever you want to call it. It wasn't anything major. Um, once I started doing like well and being happy as a clam is when I think I get the most... The happier I am, the more I get out of it. The yeah. sessions I'm walking into, I'm like, why? I have nothing to say today. What the fuck are we going to do here? Why am I spending this money? And walk out like, I'm a changed man, and I'm going to do my homework, and I'm committed. And I do the same cycle every single month. Yeah. I'm like, I don't need to come back. And I'm like, God, this is great. How does she know this stuff?
1: Yep. No, I love therapy. I, I think therapy's great. I think that it's unfortunate how expensive it can be because oh, I, I, I feel i feel like it should be Free. more readily available for people uh, of all incomes and stuff because yeah. a lot of people crack jokes and stuff that like you know the only people who can afford to go to therapy are rich people and that's why they have problems and stuff like that and whatnot but um oh. i think it should be readily available for everybody because uh yeah. You know, I I was very much against it at first, and we
0: all we all are. Oh yeah, everybody
1: is. Uh, But yeah, if I was gonna give anybody any advice when it comes to anything like that, like fucking go to therapy. You got nothing to lose, only to gain. Like you go there, you
0: like. Yeah, that's like half of it, right there.
1: That's the problem, and is a lot of people go to therapy and they don't like the therapist and they stop right then. They give up, and and the fact of the matter is, you got to keep looking. It's it's like looking for (laughs) it. I hate to make this comparison, but it's like shopping around for anybody providing any service. If I if I go to a doctor, now I I went to a practice. I still go to the same practice, and it has one female doctor, one male do- uh, one male doctor, and the male doctor. He's a nice guy. He's okay. Um, but he's very not nurturing. He's very much like, hey, this is your fucking problem. Here's what you're gonna do about it. Go. Which is good for some people. For me, I'm not very sensitive when it comes to shit, but I was raised by women. I'm used to getting coddled a little bit, so if I'm sick or my knee is fucking dislocated or something... I like a little bit of sympathy if that's what I'm paying those people for. So so it's like you still give me the advice, but for me, my preference is to go to the, the female doctor. Also, she's much more good-looking, and once I get to age where they start shoving their fingers in my ass, she's got much smaller fingers. So <laughs> There's the fat J we all know. <laughs> there's, a, there's a lot of factors that come into those sorts of things. Yeah, so no, for example, right. you might go – like I know a lot of people – a lot of females are like, okay – If I go to therapy, I only want to go see a woman doctor. That's fine if that's your preference and that's what you want. And you have the ability. You're a customer. You can shop around and look for it. It might take a while. You might not get your problem solved as quickly as you want. But once you find that right fit, therapy is fucking amazing.
0: It's the one time I think it's okay to be discriminatory. If you're like, I don't feel comfortable talking to this gender or this race. I think it's the one time I say, hey, find whatever works for you and make it work.
1: Yeah, my therapist is a dude. Not because, oh, yeah. I don't, not because I don't think a woman can be a great therapist because I know women who are therapists who are
0: yeah.
1: great at their job. It's all
0: about you. It's, it's all just about you.
1: me. If I'm going in there, therapy is like a gloves-off situation. I can say whatever I feel like saying, and what I feel like saying sometimes is hard for people to hear. Mm-hmm and I get angry and stuff, I might get a little bit angry in my tone and shit, and I don't want a big-ass dude like me coming off and fucking feeling bad because I raised my voice to a woman who's trying to help me. So for me, I go to a dude because that dude's going to sit there, and like during my divorce, when you go through that fucking bitch moments where I'm talking about her and stuff, and we're good now, everything's fine, but I know for a fact her and I have talked about each other in our therapy sessions
0: well i hope so you're paying this person
1: (laughs) so like so when i go there and i have those those, that fucking bitch moment and i'm like you know what and she's this and that you know that fucking stupid bitch and i get all pissed off and uppity the male therapist you know i don't have to worry about him getting offended by the word bitch cunt anything like that he's gonna look back and be like yeah that sounds like a real fucking stupid bitch move
0: and and like, he knows how I
1: am. You're so preventing like,
0: yourself from going into that tizzy of offending.
1: Yes. yes I can go is. in and I can say anything on my mind to my therapist. And if it makes you happy, then you got to do it. And he's not going to get offended by anything I say. Yeah. So I have a
0: female therapist, and I did the opposite of our advice, is I picked a therapist based on the location to my house, so I was like, I can walk there, I'll go there. Did no yep. research at all. Uh, It was next to a coffee shop I liked. It's like, whatever. And it just turned out that it worked out.
1: (laughs) Yeah, you Um, got lucky.
0: Yeah, I did because it's like a holistic therapist, and I'm not spiritual. I'm not very holistic. Like we do like yoga moves while we talk. It's very not what I expected, but it ended up being exactly what I needed.
1: I got got lucky too. I met my therapist through a practice. Um, I was supposed to go see a different therapist that was a woman. It wasn't a a good fit um, just based on the consultation like initial thing. Yeah. Yeah. And I was just like, no, this isn't going to work. So I, I didn't give up. I tried again. I found this guy and, uh, he was in, you know, right in the next town over. It wasn't far, went to him and right in the very first meeting, he struck me as, as different. Cause he was like, listen, he's like, give me eight sessions. Let's do one session a week. Just give me two months, eight sessions. And if in that time, you're just not feeling it, you don't feel comfortable, you're not clicking, you don't like it. He goes, "I will find you a different therapist and help you go and find other people until you find one that's a good fit for you because I don't oh, wow. want to see you turn your back on therapy." And I was like, "You know, that struck a that that resonated with me." I was like, "Fuck yeah, like this is the type of dude I want, the guy who's going to have my back even if I don't like the fit between us, and he was great, and then uh, I ended up seeing a psychiatrist separately, and uh, I fucking hated my psychiatrist. They're weird people. I hated him so much. It's like talking to a fucking Muppet.
0: They're just like dollar signs and pills is all I see. Yeah. I know that's not right, and that's not true, but that's a perception that I have.
1: That's what this fucking guy was, and uh, (laughs) so... So like my therapist ended up leaving that practice and going like halfway across the state and when I found out I fucking went with him. I was I I drive like a half hour out of my way now to go to therapy cuz it's worth it when you have a good therapist. Oh, yeah, Better yeah. than me finding someone closer that I'm just not going to like. But enough talk about therapy, man. We were getting into some good shit. But yeah,
0: so does it must did, so that happened you're in, obviously you're in therapy. Does that stuff come up? Was that stuff you must have had to work out? <laughs>
1: As a matter of fact, I don't know if I've ever spoken to my therapist about being molested. I really don't talk about it. I mentioned it on the show in passing because uh, the topic came up. And if you're uh, not
0: afraid of it. and uh, So we're not we're – just a uh, disclaimer. This isn't victim blame. We're only talking about your experience because your yes. experience is your experience. I, just, I have to say that just for if anyone I
1: know works. Oh, definitely.
0: Uh, yeah. Uh, no, I – am you're open – For whatever reason, you're able to live – have that terrible, horrible experience and uh, you're going to – but you're able to not – for whatever reason, you're able to work through whatever shit it caused in you is the simple way to put it. And you're going to be more aware of uh, your own – and not to blame your parents because it's not your parents' fault but like what to watch out for because there's like a grooming process that molesters and pedophiles go through. It's always someone close. And they always go after kids where it's – usually it's like parents who work a
1: ton or – Yeah, mine were third shift parents.
0: Yeah, yeah. So we're not – it's not blaming the parents, but like this is big in the Sandusky case. Like that guy got – who is it? Sandusky was the molester or Paterno?
1: I don't know. I have no clue what you're talking about. Oh,
0: a university (laughs) uh, – that was a big thing in Penn State where like the assistant football coach had been like – molesting children for like 30 years and they finally caught him and it was like oh jesus christ huge thing and people were pissed off because they took away some it's not even worth it but anyway there was like famous there was like article i was reading about how like this guy would be getting caught in the shower with little boys and no one thought it was weird because penn state won football games
1: it oh my god like, it's if like i caught a dude in the shower with a child multiple and times and i knew it wasn't his child you doesn't have to be my child it could be anybody's but child. This is
0: like this, yeah, but the if I catch a grown-ass
1: man in the shower with a naked, child and it's no not his clothing. child, that dude's getting the ass-whooping of a fucking yeah. life.
0: Well, it's like the He's going to be lucky
1: the, if I don't kill him.
0: The Catholic Church and the priest where it's just this culture of silence that goes around it.
1: Yeah, no, that wouldn't happen. I'd snap that priest's neck. I'm yeah. very – I don't give a shit. You're like, going
0: to be hyper-aware of it and you oh, teach yeah. kids – well, your parents you, – you spoke up. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's important for the kids, and it's important for communities. And, yeah, we don't have to say this, but we're against molestation here on Let's Chat. I don't know why. <laughs>
1: just, yeah, no. I. Um, we're not cool with it. <laughs> it's weird for someone. I don't know why I'm not as affected by it like myself with me being – like with that being in my history. Um, it doesn't come up. I don't think about it. It wasn't so – you
0: were very, very young.
1: It wasn't as traumatic – to me, as it could have been, I suppose. Well, consider um,
0: other things that happen in your life to go along with that. So, like, look at your situation with your dad and that. Like,
1: yeah, know,
0: those are not good things.
1: Yeah, no, no. I've had I've had a shitload of crappy, traumatic crap happen. But the best way to deal with that is to fucking uh, be proactive, in my opinion, and, uh, and get so, help. Yeah. So I I go to therapy. I do all my thing. It's funny because none of the I mean. I don't think any of the past really comes up. I know he's heard me talk about my dad at least once. Um, but, yeah, I'm an open fucking book. So on our show, I mean, people have in passing caught things, caught little like one-liners about my history. Um, but for the most part, no, they don't get anything like this episode where, you know, it's reaching in and finding out what the fuck <laughs> makes me tick, so to speak. Well, not my intention at all. I know how fucking boring am i no you had, uh, like it's could have just been a whole cock buffet and i could have just been like we're gonna fucking talk about all this stuff different no, no, types uh, of dicks
0: the, the the show I really generally like to have is have like a couple ideas i like to i try to listen and then just ask about stuff I also find interesting and that's and if it's television or music or like being molested as a child I just want to explore those topics i it's just the basics of my show it's just like it's a snap. I think like each episode is like a snapshot. Of like, what am I interested in this mo in this moment, and what do we share in common? And let's talk about it. Yeah, that show sounds way lamer than yours. <laughs> <laughs> Couple of guys talking with their feelings.
1: <laughs> well, yeah. In all anyone listen I do have a one of heavy. a kind show. <laughs> <laughs> What's that? <laughs> Said in all fairness, I do have a one of a kind show. Where else are you going to hear a white guy? Sing karaoke as a Mexican, or drop his voice low and try to teach you recipes as a black man.
0: Oh, <laughs> only in New Hampshire.
1: Yeah, that's no, a good sign. <laughs> Somehow
0: people haven't been offended by your show. With all this internet outrage, I guess we're just not big enough for people to get mad at us yet.
1: i mm, I've had a couple people in passing when I was when we first started the show, and I was kind of doing like canvassing. Which we still do constantly by word of mouth and telling people and giving out our business cards and shit. Oh, that's but good in, the be- in the beginning, I was canvassing big time with my coworkers, and then uh, I'd be talking to the younger coworkers, and then the older coworkers would be like, what are you talking about? And I would just be like, here it is, and I'd tell them about it and stuff, and this, that, and the other, and I'd right up front, they'd be like, oh, I'm going to check it out because they don't know what the fuck they're in for. And I'd be like, I have to warn you. like." You probably don't want to listen to my show. It's raunchy. I use the word cunt, like blah, 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 Most of the people were like, oh, that sounds funny, and they listened to it. And then some of them were just like point blank, like, <laughs> like what is wrong with you? Don't you – like <laughs> didn't your mother raise you not to act like that and blah, 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 blah. I've had a couple people.
0: You know what's uh, funny though? I'm more of one of those people, but somehow we're getting along wonderfully. So like we're both, you know, just – Fucking life, man.
1: Yeah, I, I don't know. Um, we've had pretty much all positive shit. I've had a couple of, like, and I, when I say old people, I do mean, like, fucking coming up closer to retirement age. And in my opinion, they're fucking old. I don't expect them to like what I'm doing or find it funny because it's not really their cup of tea. Um, but I've had a couple people. and The only time people really get testy is on the once or twice that we've mentioned religion. Oh, yeah. We stray from the topic of religion most of the time, but if we find an article funny enough and then later on it kind of takes a turn towards the religious, we'll still roll with it. But people have to expect to hear Fat Jay be like, of course it was the Catholic Church or something snarky. Um, And and my thing is I'm not against religion. I'm against organized religion. I think it's perfectly – It's perfectly fine to have faith. It's perfectly fine to believe whatever the fuck you want to believe in. I have my beliefs that people think are goddamn crazy when it comes to afterlife and different shit like that, and I don't expect them to believe what I believe. I don't expect them to expect me to believe what they believe. So it's one of those mutual respect things. But when you get into the church and organized religion and stuff like that, I don't know. It seems more like a fucking cult to me, and that's why I don't like it. Not because what they believe but because of how they – decisions made, shit like that. People getting killed in the name of God or like you said, the church being able to molest children and then hide behind it. That doesn't go for every church obviously. No, that was just the Catholic I'm making, church. <laughs> making a very broad generalization. Um, and I'm never out to offend people but I'm yeah, also that's not – what I like
0: about your show. It's not like that.
1: No. We're never out to offend people. But if people get offended in the crosshairs, we're not out to fucking apologize either. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, this is yeah. our right to do it, and they have every right not to listen to it if they don't like it is basically where it comes from. Excuse me.
0: Um, that's how you do a podcast, ladies and gentlemen. I feel like you should take a bow or something.
1: Oh me? Yeah. Really? I think that this episode has been boring. Not for me because I've been doing all the talking, but I can't. I can't help it to feel like your listeners are going to feel ripped off.
0: Oh, well, the great thing about this show is uh, it's not about them. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: it's actually about me, and <laughs> this is the best part. There's. You hear that, <laughs> listeners? I don't. I don't know if I have that. I don't know the audience. I don't know if. I mean, I know people download it. I don't know if it's the same ones over and over. I. You know. uh the way I like to think of it is, like, the thing I enjoy most is the recording of the episode, and then the posting is, like, the icing on the cake. Like, downloads are fucking
1: awesome. It's awesome, man. But uh,
0: I'm more interested in just meeting and getting connected to people I find interesting, and just I just love people.
1: That's fucking cool, man. Yeah. That's the way it should be. When when we started doing our, our shit, it was always, this is going to be, for us, it's our show, we're going to talk about what we want to talk about, we're going to do what we want to do, and then... If people like it, awesome, and then the people who don't like it can go fuck themselves. Yeah. And, um, and then we ended up going – it's funny because that was our mentality in the beginning, and then we had the rule of like if it ever seems like work, then we're going to fucking slow it down or pull the plug. And um, we have gone against ourselves on both of those because what happened is we had our listeners and shit reach out to us and – Started getting involved and being like, you guys should talk about this. You should talk about that. Hey, you talked about that. And then I heard them talking about it on NPR or or different stuff like this. Like people started conversations with us. So it became basically a podcast for the people by the people. So we come up with our own original content and shit. But any time a listener, I can confidently say, I think only one time we've ever passed on something. Pretty much every time a listener is like, hey, we would like to hear this on the show. We talk about it. We do it. We pander and, and do what they want to hear on the show because they're gracious enough to, to listen and stuff like that. And it's become like a weird family uh, vibe with our listenership. Like I, We got a random email at the beginning of this week or over the weekend or something by this random fucking dude. I had no clue who he was, and he sent me a, an email, and it just said, Fat Jay um, fucking – uh, I got to pull it up real quick because this shit was so funny and it speaks to the type of audience that we have and how like crazy they are and shit. Um, <laughs> yes, we had this guy email us at, at – um, we use just one email at this point, which is fatjpodcast at com. And we use it for business, and we also use it, like, since the beginning, we've been telling people, like, send your articles and shit to this. So most of the time, we don't get shit from the listeners to hear. They put it on social media for us. This is the first time we got a listener um, email, and it just said, Fat J hyphen, just an alternative. And it was, like, the worst freestyle rap song I've ever heard in my life. Like, it didn't rhyme, didn't make sense, didn't anything, and it was very poorly put together. And I didn't mean to sound like a dick, but the, the reply they got back was an alternative to what exactly? Like, do we know each other? Or are you a listener? And uh, it turns out he was just a listener. And um, <laughs> then he was just like, oh, it's an alternative to rappers who can't freestyle rap. I'm just a listener who loves the NSFW comedy Stay Fat and Funny, dude. And I uh, was like, the fact that we get random shit from people like that. And I think the name of, like, the fake rap name that he used or whatever was Rave with Satan. Like, (laughs) (laughs) like, those are the people we get, man. And it's fucking incredible. We had, um, we did FJP Live in July, and that went off spectacular. And it was great because we had, like, the crowd screaming at us the entire show, and we were interacting. Like, some of the guests there were on mic almost half the time that we were on mic. Because they that's how interactive our live shows get. Mm. Um, it was very cool. People were up there singing, dancing, fucking telling me to fuck off. <laughs> it was good.
0: That's awesome.
1: Yeah, wow. no, we do live shows, and it's like a crazy family reunion.
0: So, like, where could uh, people find you online?
1: Oh, man, they can find us fucking everywhere. We're on iTunes. We're on Stitcher. We're on Podomatic.com. We're on fatjpodcast.com. Uh, we just launched the website. It's still being fine-tuned, but they can go over there. We have a player right on the homepage. They can listen. Um, they can find us in their mother's closets, uh, under the bed sometimes, e- creepily peering out behind the shower curtain while they're trying to shit. We try to be everywhere and nowhere at once. Uh, if they're in the fucking New England area and they're crazy like we are, a lot of times they can find us in random spots. We like to go out, me and Dylan, and we'll go out and we'll just get dinner. But we'll tweet about it and post about it on Facebook and be like, hey, Fat Jay Podcast is eating dinner here. If you want to come crash our fucking party, do it. And like, just in hopes that one day a random person is like, I was just on your Facebook. And I saw that you invited us to dinner. (laughs) I'd just be like, fucking, hey, man, sit down, let's have a drink. If you guys Uh, end up in Rhode Island, let me know
0: ahead of time. I'll show up randomly.
1: (laughs) We go all over for concerts and different shit like that. And anytime we're doing anything, and I'm sure that it's definitely part of the fact that I'm a very egocentric person. But we always try to make wherever we're going about us. So, like, we went to concerts... And we were just like, hey, we're going to be here, so any of our Hartford, Connecticut listeners, come fucking hang out with us and talk shit with us and fucking drink some beers and stuff. Or we'd be like, oh, hey, we're going to this, which has nothing to do with anything. Like, I'm good friends with uh, Miss Fairchild. They're a band out of Boston, and I go to a lot of their shows, and so does not Dylan. And we'll go down there, and anytime we're going to a Miss Fairchild show, we always invite all of our listeners to come with us.
0: That's
1: awesome. Uh, Because we don't just want to have people listen to us. We want to fucking – we want our listening community to literally be a community. We want to get to know each other. We want to get to know our listeners and shit like that and kind of grow into this big crazy fucking thing so that one day when the world needs to be put in check and we have an opportunity to take over, we'll have a full-blown fat J-Podcast army ready in arms to fucking take down the robots or whatever.
0: Awesome, man. Well, thank you so much for doing this, and that was a hell of an episode, and uh, yeah, thanks, man.
1: Fucking thank you so much uh, for having me on here.